Hi guys, welcome back to Slightly Spiritual. Today we have a very special guest um, who is going to teach us all about our divine feminine energy, which is definitely something I could use more of. Um, Cindy, I feel like you're pretty in touch with yours. <laughs> I tend to lean a little bit on the masculine side. So I'm I'm glad it comes across that way because I don't know that I always feel that way. So I'm very <laughs> excited to have an expert here to kind of help clarify and explain and share all the details. Yeah. So today we're sitting down with Marissa Lawton. Marissa is passionate about reintroducing women to their magic and the mystery of the divine feminine. She typically does this through a program that she very carefully created and crafted called Rooted, which is a spiritual collective that guides female seekers to reconnect with ancient cycles and reclaim their divine power. She is a former licensed psychotherapist and has seen firsthand how patriarchal systems continue to completely diminish women's ability to awaken. It's become her work, her life purpose, um, and we are so lucky to have her here today. So Marissa, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I feel like this is a topic that is really poignant and kind of timely right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's something that is often missing from the spiritual conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad that we're going to chat about it today. Absolutely. Um, so before we deep dive into the seven steps to awakening your divine feminine energy, I wanted to hear a little bit about like, how did you first become interested in spirituality? Yeah. Well, I love how you were talking about how, um, you're more tend to be more in your masculine and Cindy might tend to be more in her feminine because I was absolutely somebody who is very predominantly in my masculine for a long time in my life. Um, I would say I've always been slightly spiritual, which is why I love the name of this podcast. Um, and Yay. I was kind of like born with a level of awakeness. It helps that my parents were hippies. Um, so they were, had that like spiritual angle from like the sixties and seventies going on. So I was raised like listening to grateful dead and like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so crystals were in my household and I, I never knew the meaning of them or the purpose or how to use them as a tool when I was little, but very much always had an exposure to them. Um, but then my parents divorced when I was quite young, I was five. Um, and I have two older sisters who were like, are like a decade older than me. So they were, um, much older when my parents split. And at that point is kind of when I switched on my masculine, it was like, okay, I have to achieve these goals. Like the only way I was going to college was if I got myself a scholarship. And I knew that from like a very young age, you know? So that's why I was like always operating in my masculine. Um, I actually lost my period which is very, very common for people who are operating in their masculine, very high. Um, and so I actually had to get fertility treatment to get pregnant with my first daughter. And through that whole journey, it started just by like balancing my hormones and trying to understand what was happening. And then that was just the segue that turned into like a flood into this feminine space. That makes total sense. And it's so interesting hearing you talk about that and it obviously could be totally for a different reason, but when I, so I was sick for a really long time and I still like am healing and coming out of it. And I'm so much better than I was, but, um, pretty early on into getting sick, I lost my period too. And I actually like just recently got it back. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to see like how that plays into things. And, um, I guess like what that means, not obviously just from a physical standpoint, but I guess also maybe a spiritual yeah. standpoint, um, so and that's it, interesting. 
I think that's a fun distinction to play around with because there's, there's the difference between like femininity and then feminine energy and then divine or sacred feminine energy. All three of those things mean different things. Would can you, you I say, like, can you explain the yeah, difference yeah, yeah. for us? Um, because I think like when we're not, when we're living in our masculine energy, not necessarily our divine masculine or our divine feminine, but just our masculine, that's when we start to see these things like getting sick, um, which happened to me and happens to a lot of my students and a lot of my customers and clients and things like that. But so femininity is a social construct. It's a patriarchal construct. It's the one that tells us to wear makeup and jewelry and dresses because that's what makes a woman pretty and attractive to men. So that's totally made up by the patriarchy, um, you know, put out by mass media. And I'm not like a conspiracy theorist, but just trying to like, you know, make this make sense. So when we see the models um, wearing the clothes and the jewelry, it's designed to sell us things because we think that that makes us prettier. And that's completely capitalism and patriarchy like rolled into one. So that's femininity. Feminine energy or masculine energy is really the difference between push and flow. So when you're in your masculine, you're pushing for something. You have a goal, a deadline, a timetable. You're doing the steps it takes to make that happen. You're executing. Um, one movie that does this really great, like an illustration of this is actually the Da Vinci code. Or so if you've read that book or watched that movie, um, masculine energy is represented by a phallic shape or a triangle shape. So when you are penetrating something, when you are doing something, that's your masculine and feminine is the chalice shape or the womb shape. And that is when you're in receptive mode or flow state. So that's just feminine or masculine and feminine energy. Then we can absolutely have this divine connection, right? This is the spiritual place. So when we're working with goddess energy or archetypal energy and meditating on that or practicing with it or doing embodiment exercises and things like that, that's when we're stepping into the sacred or that's when we're stepping into the divine space. So cool. Yeah. It's, I think it's so fun to play around with, like, and to experiment with and just have fun with. Yeah. I mean, and so as you're working with your clients, and I might be jumping ahead a little bit, no, that's fine. but it's it's so fascinating to me. Like one of the things you talked about was how you got your period back and and getting pregnant and all that stuff. So are there other examples of other th- reasons why or ways or manifestations, things that we can as women um, use these different and play around with these different types of the feminine energy and archetypes in order, like to our advantage, you know what I mean? Like yeah, for besides sure. just trying to get pregnant or, you know, cause mm-hmm. maybe we're not on that path or that's not where we're at right now. Like what other things could we possibly use this for? And please, if it's better to like explain the steps and all that stuff first, we can do that. I'm just like, so fascinated by it. No, like, I love this. You know. Um, yeah. okay. So I want to make a few distinctions first as well, because there's so much to this topic, men and women have both masculine and feminine energy. So this is not a gendered topic, right? Like you don't have to be born a biological woman just to have feminine energy or vice versa. Um, There's a lot of men who can really execute in a flow state, right? We see um, 
authors or creators and they just sit down and they're like writing for, you know, five hours and they look up at the clock and they're like, holy crap, that would be a flow state. That would be feminine. Right. Um, so it's not gender. We also don't only want one or the other. There's, this is one of the things that I kind of have a bone to pick sometimes with the spiritual spaces. A lot of people who are teaching this are saying like, you need to be a hundred percent in your feminine all the time. And, and that's just not feasible or possible, right? Even if we think back to like hunter gatherer days, and let's just totally take this like generic, right? The men are out hunting, the women are gathering. Let's just call it that. The women still had to like, make sure that things were running while the men were off hunting. It wasn't like they all just sat down and were like, kumbaya or whatever for two weeks until the men got back. So we don't yeah. ever only want to be in one, a hundred percent in one energy state or the other. So when I talk about reclaiming your power, this is what I'm talking about. Like this intentional mm-hmm. choosing at which place and time, which energy suits you best. So you know, I run a business and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are also entrepreneurs and stuff like that. So there are times in your business where it's like, all right, I've got this, I've got to turn in this thing, or it's got to be done by Friday. Right. So you definitely would want to have a plan on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to execute and have this big project done by Friday. That would be being in your masculine. And then what I would suggest is like, okay, when the project is done on Friday, take all of Saturday to just like be and rest and revel in the fact that you finished something. Mm -hmm. Again, another thing that like patriarchy teaches us is productivity is king, right? So you would finish Mm -hmm. your project on Friday and then Saturday you'd be saying, what's next? What's the next thing I have to do? That would be unbalanced, right? Mm -hmm. So the whole goal here is to be balanced, which I know that word gets a bad rap, but like, you know, if you need to be in your masculine to execute something by all means do that, but also have time, space and room for feminine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were literally just talking about this in the last episode when Allie was talking about how, like in Europe in Italy, like everyone, no matter who you are, takes like a month off in August, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. no ifs, ands or buts to relax. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like they're, uh, quality of life and their health and their mm-hmm. vitality and their beauty is just like so different compared to ours. But then again, they use that balance and it's not, you know, every other month off, but it's like one month mm-hmm. out of the year, which is like so beautiful. So right. I well, think that's important. I just wonder if, and now listening to you talk about this and explain it in such a great way, that's like very understandable and easily digestible. Like, so Cindy and I were talking about yesterday, um, I go to Italy for at least a couple of weeks, um, during the year over the summer. And it's funny because it really hit me leaving this pastime, how different they live, how much better, like their quality of life is. And I know every country has its issues, right? Like Italy, not without their problems, let's be honest. Um, but like my, I have relatives there, they live on, you know, these massive olive groves and they're 65, 70 years old. They look like they're 40 or 45, you know, they're surrounded by family, their mental health conditions are a lot, um, you know, lesser in frequency, all of these things. And Cindy was saying as well, she was just in Europe and we both felt so much better there. We had just ourselves so much more energy, mm-hmm. felt so much better, like ate all of the carbs and all of the things and we were losing weight somehow. I'm like, Great. God bless. How do I do that every day? Um, but And I wonder if it's because energetically kind of hearing you talk about this, like maybe 
vibrationally they're a little bit higher than we are mm-hmm. here where we live or like something of that nature and it's not just like why do I feel so good here why do I have so much energy here you know mm-hmm. so it makes so much sense like hearing you talk about it something to think about is that the word rest is actually the root word for restoration so something that's very americanized in our culture is that if you're resting you're lazy But other cultures, especially European and and throughout the world, they recognize the connection between rest and restoration, right? So they are restoring themselves. And I love how you bring up like taking a month off in August, but we can do this every day. We can, we can consciously choose, okay, I need to be in a receptive mode, um, you know, for five minutes today or whatever. And everybody's receptive mode is going to look different. For me, I have a Taurus rising. So my receptive mode is laying in my bed, eating really yummy food and reading a book. <laughs> like that's my receptive mode. But some people who have a different personality or whatever, their receptive mode might still be doing something active, like hiking or whatever. But it's it's that energy that you just said, Ali. like the energy is of taking in and receiving versus putting out or executing. And you can still be active and, and be in receptive mode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes, it makes complete sense. Um, all right. Well, I would love to jump into the seven steps to awakening your divine feminine energy. If this feels yeah. good to everybody. Well, the first um, step is, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Marissa, I'm going to let you kind of jump in and go through it. And Cindy and I will ask you questions and all of the things. Yeah. So. The first step is a lot of kind of what we've been talking about and it's rewilding. This is a word that's um, kind of popular in the spiritual space and it means different things to different people. You'll also see it in like the nature space or the science space. Mm -hmm. Um, But a similar word is deconstructing, which we see in like the faith space. So what it is, is just consciously examining what you want to be a part of and what you don't. So kind of going back to my story a little bit, I rewilded from birth control and I rewilded my diet very early on when I was trying to balance my hormones and all of those things. So I consciously looked at what am I eating? Oh, it's a bunch of bull crap full of, I don't know if like we can cuss or not, but it's just a bunch of crap filled with terrible ingredients, you know, and that's what I've been feeding myself thinking I'm nourishing my body and I'm not right. So the food system is the first thing that I rewilded from. And then when I had my first baby after the fertility treatment and things like that, I was like, I'm not getting back on birth control. Like that's not an option for me. So artificial hormones is the second thing that I rewilded from. Um, there's any place in your life you can do this. So another thing I rewilded from, which sounds really weird is the music that I listened to. I found that I was listening to a lot of music that was just like, um, misogynistic, putting women down all this stuff. And it's, it's just this stuff that I was, I was not even consciously taking it in, but I was hearing these messages all the time that were not actually in line with the way I wanted to be living my life. So that's what rewilding is about consciously looking at these things and choosing if, how, and when to step out. Cause some of us, especially if we're real spiritual, like we would love to go be a hermit on a mountain and go live off the grid and, you know, never, never be part of the world again. But for a lot of us, that's not feasible. Right. Yeah. So what does it actually look like? Some people who are rewilding from like the housing system. They're choosing to live in tiny homes or RVs Mm -hmm. or something like that. They they don't want the white picket fence, 
four bedroom mm-hmm. house because it's at least in the States, it's like astronomical and it's not mm-hmm. like, it doesn't serve a lot of people. They want land or they want room to grow their own food or whatever. Um, another one that I see a lot is the school system. More and more people are choosing to homeschool or do alternative schools for their kids, you know, so they're not just sitting in a room with, for like seven hours. One of the reasons that we moved um, was because the school district that we had our kids in, they had no recess, <laughs> like let alone art or music, right? Oh Schools all over the place are cutting yeah. that, but this school district didn't even have recess. So literally my elementary school kids were sitting in a desk for seven hours a day. I was like, that's not happening. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. So these are the decisions that we're seeing people start to make rewilding choices around. I think another big one that, um, at least Allie and I have talked about, and we kind of like dance around a lot is from religion or the religious, mm-hmm. um, yeah. topic. And not, and again, not to say that, you know, any of these things are bad, right. right. But it's just, mm-hmm. instead of being an autopilot with it, like you said, with like the food and the house, it's like choosing, like becoming mm-hmm. conscious of, okay, I'm choosing this religion yep. or not, or I'm choosing this food or not versus, but like being an autopilot and then wondering like why things aren't happening or why you feel like crap or like why you can't manifest something is, is not okay. So it's right. kind of taking yeah. empowering or taking back that power, which I know you talk a lot about in the work that you do as well. So exactly, yeah. yeah. That's a perfect example, Cindy, especially for our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, we get a lot of people who are at least mm-hmm. I, I do as well. My clients that are people who grew up, I mean, I grew up Catholic. I grew up Christian. Mm-hmm. Like I still identify as that, but there's a lot of it I don't agree with and that it's mm-hmm. just so limited. And so um, I think it segregates a lot versus being open mm-hmm. and inclusive. And that's who I am as a person. And so I'm definitely leaned much more towards spirituality as a result of that. Right. But of course, everyone was taught to fear what we talk about mm-hmm. and fear right. like mediums and fear all this stuff and fear the mm-hmm. divine feminine. And so, yeah, it's a rewilding. That's like a big part of a lot of what our community yeah. um, is learning to do or going through or, or mm-hmm. already going through and realizing and then seeking a resource that supports them in that because they look mm-hmm. around and they feel like they're the crazy people are the only ones doing it, but they're not. Right. There are so many people feeling the exact same way right. and wanting the exact same things, which is really cool. Yeah. So listeners may hear this more in the frame of deconstruction because that's what rewilding really is, is just deconstructing and choosing what is true for you with Mm. the messages that you've heard. And so this we've talked about kind of micro examples, but this is, you know, patriarchy, capitalism, colonialism. Those are the big systems that we have to all like examine how they've played a role and the privilege that we have because of them, the marginalization we have because of them, like it gets just bigger than the individual. Um, and that's one of like the biggest tenets of the feminine path is that you put it, this is kind of common in like the mom space, but like you pour into yourself before you pour into others, that's the feminine 100%. One, when you are radiant, you radiant, you radiate to others. Um, whereas like masculinity and patriarchy and especially like toxic masculine energy. It's all about the self. What's it for me? Me, 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 me. Feminine is opposite. And I'm, it's also, I'm curious, then we'll go pop to number two. Um, I feel like as, you know, thankfully people are getting back in touch with their feminine energy because of people like you that are talking about it and sharing and explaining what it really is, but hearing you talk about also like toxic 
masculine energy. Like I, and I don't know if it's just the, like the rise of the internet now that we see it so much more, but I feel like there's so much of that, like pushing back against, mm-hmm. you know, people leaning into their feminine energy. Yeah. So I guess, do you have a take on, or like, what's the deal with all of like the toxic masculinity that like, I feel like we're constantly kind of seeing like displayed everywhere. Well, I think Cindy hit it on the head. It's fear. Right. And I, I'm not wanting to talk bad about anybody's chosen faith or anything like that, but like the church, the Christian church has done so much good in the world, but it's also Mm -hmm. done so much bad, right? The church as an institution. And some of that has been the way that that has been able to proliferate the whole planet is because of some of the fear that they put into like indigenous communities. And Mm -hmm. even like my background, I have an Italian background, but also Mm -hmm. I have a Celtic background. So like my Mm -hmm. like Druid Celtic ancestors, they're indigenous to the UK Isles, right? So mm-hmm. not necessarily indigenous as in like Native American or mm-hmm. um, in that sense, but indigenous to where they lived before the church came, before that proliferation happened. And that's colonialism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now in the modern day, we're seeing the same thing. People are starting to realize that their way of life is not sustainable, right? Housing prices are through the roof, like job insecurity everywhere, like all of this stuff. And there, you know, there's an underlying sense that, okay, things are changing and we're kind of cracking open here. And that's terrifying for the people who have remained in power because of those systems. So when they see the regular people or the people on the feminine side of things or whatever speaking out, they're like, Oh my gosh, that's a threat. So that's, that's my take on it. So interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So what is step number two? So step number two is rhythms. And so when you start to take, when you start to rewild, you can sometimes feel like holes or gaps right? So using just kind of a regular example, if I'm no longer eating what I was eating, well, what am I going to eat? Right. And so we can fill those gaps with rhythms and cycles because that is the feminine. We can look at anything that has a feminine archetype. So mother earth four seasons cycles, right? The moon, which is feminine has its own cycle, right? Our feminine bodies, if you're, if you're a bleeding human, you have a cycle, right? So everything feminine is a cycle. So replacing with rhythms, maybe that's the four seasons for you. So living in according to like energetic seasons in summer, I'm doing this and fall, I'm doing this. Um, maybe it's those moon cycles on a monthly basis. If that speaks to you, um, there are even, um, daytime, like, uh, what is that circadian circadian rhythms, right? Cycles and rhythms that are circadian. So on a daily basis. Um, and that's where I was saying a little bit earlier, like, yeah, we can even bring feminine energy into our everyday. Very cool. Yeah. And then that segues really nicely to number three, which is where we start to step into the divinity or the sacredness, which is rituals. So you, your listeners might be familiar with like new moon and full moon rituals or something like that. So let's say you've rewilded something in step one, and then in step two, you're talking about, um, your rhythm and you're like, I'm really going to sync with the moon that speaks to me. Right. So that's, you're starting to live your daily life in a rhythm or in a cycle. 
And then let's bring in some spirituality and let's honor that. So maybe you do the rituals on the new moon and the full moon. That's where we're starting to bring the divinity in. You can work with a goddess or you can just work with the moon energy itself, but having some rituals where you're celebrating your spirituality, where you're um, giving reverence to something um, bigger than yourself, right? And setting intentions or, you know, making new moon wishes or releasing things on the full moon or whatever that is. So bringing in some ritual and bringing in some spiritual practice. We talk about that a lot and we encourage that a lot. So that's perfect. Yeah. That's one of your steps. Um, and then step four is routines. So something to point out is even though I'm talking about the feminine, I'm, I'm using masculine energy to describe this with steps, like step one, step two, like here's a process. So I've created a container here that, that would be a masculine thing. When we have the container, then we can flow, right? When we feel stable and secure thinking about like, this is a psychology thing, but like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when your base needs are met, you can play and have fun. So this container, these steps give us that they give us that stability and then we can play. So step four is routines, right? Like I, I feel like when I'm out of routine with my spiritual practice, I can feel it right. Like after one or two days, I'm like, Oh, I've got to get back to my altar or I've got to get back to like meditation or whatever your practice is. making this routine, making this something that is who you are, not just something that you do is, and that's a big step. That's a, a, an identity shift of like, I am a spiritual person versus I meditate or I play with crystals or whatever. So it's kind of a a jump, but you're really bringing in, um, you're bringing in that identity shift. I'm curious on the days. Cause like I'm somebody, I have my spiritual routines, like they serve me really well, but I just have certain days and I don't know why, where I'm like, I just don't feel like doing this. Mm -hmm. And I drive myself like crazy with it. Cause I'm like, I know it's good for me. It it calms my anxiety, so on and so forth. So I'm like, why don't I feel like doing this? So I'm curious if you ever have a day where you're just like not in the groove or whatever mm-hmm. it is, like, what do you do to kind of like help yourself in your routine? Yeah. And so my first question for you would be, where are you at in your cycle when you have the days that you don't want to do it? Because if you're luteal, which means like after ovulation, if you're luteal, it would make total sense. <laughs> of course you don't want to, right? <laughs> um, But this is where we kind of differentiate between masculine practice and feminine practice, right? You don't have to get up at the same time every day, sit down in the same place every day, sit with your back straight, close your eyes, clear your mind, you know, do like 12 deep breaths or whatever, right? Like that does not have to be your practice. One thing that you could do is before, like just rolling out of bed. Like you don't even have to get out of bed. You could just say, here's my intention for the day. Um, we work in in my work, it's a lot with the body because the, this is all masculine up in your head and then all your feminine lives in the body. So you could just do a quick, like heart activation, solar plexus activation, womb activation, root activation. You could just do that while you're still laying in bed and boom, you've done your practice. I love that. Yeah. So feminine is not rigid. It's, it flows, right? So that's something to kind of think about. Yes. That's a good mantra too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I took your quiz on your website. Cause of course I was oh, yeah, like, yeah. you know, doing a little research and I got, this is the one I got was routines. So oh, cool. I was excited yeah. to really talk more about it. Yeah. I and so that's what I got, sorry, yeah. Marissa. go ahead. I'm saying, I think actually that's what I got. Yeah. And so 
that result is usually for people who have a bit of a spiritual practice and are right at that, um, turning point, like become, this is moving from something that you do to who you are. Right. So when you get routines, that's a, a really good indication that you're ready to like be a spiritual person instead of spirituality is something that you do. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So step number five is revillaging. So often, and you guys might've experienced this and I know I did, and the listeners probably have as well. When you start to rewild and step onto this different path that might be different from like your family or the friends that you grew up with and stuff like that. Like sometimes your friendships fall away or sometimes like the relationships that have been in your life for a long time fall away. So once this is something that is who you are, it's a really good idea to find other people, to reconnect with some sort of village. The village concept itself is a feminine concept, right? And it came back in like the eighties or something when probably we were all kids like, oh, it takes a village. Well, none of us have a village. I've raised my kids completely by myself as much as I've not wanted to, you know? Um, So really taking back and taking ownership, reclaiming this term village. And these can be women that we do our new moon circles with, or we do rituals with, that would be so, so fun. But also just people that you can be your most true self with, that you can have these conversations with. It'd be great if this was a spiritual village, but it also can just be like your life village now that you're at this stage of your life and you've, you've had an evolution. Because by the time you've gotten to this point, like you've had a rebirth or two, right? You're definitely a different version of who you are than, than you were when you started. Oh yeah. I talk about this all, yeah. I talk about this all the time when I first moved to Chicago and really got into like about to start my business and getting back into all this stuff. I had like a different friend group, like every year. And I was mm-hmm. like, what's wrong with me? But then mm-hmm. I realized I was like, figuring out that I wasn't happy with my job, starting mm-hmm. my business or like figuring out what, I guess, figuring out what I want to do, then starting my business, then like growing my business, then becoming an entrepreneur and fully quitting my job. And so like yeah. every single one of those steps was so drastically different than what most of my friends at the time were going through. And so mm-hmm. naturally I just like, not only cause my routine throughout the day was changing, but just like I was changing. And so yeah. I always tell clients, and I'm so happy to hear you validate this, that it's okay that some people aren't going to be with you from the beginning mm-hmm. to end of life and throughout every single solitary stage in your journey. Of course, there are going to be some people that are there throughout the whole thing, but not everyone's going to mm-hmm. be be able to do that or support you in that. And that's okay. Like, yeah. I think we need to normalize, like, like you're calling it the revillaging or the changing or the shifting or like friends coming and going. I think, mm-hmm. again, this might be a patriarchal thing where it's like, your friends for life and you have them forever mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I mean, there are some people like that, but majority of them are not. So I just think it's great to, again, normalize it. Mm -hmm. For the most part, if you have friends like that, it's like a relationship or a marriage. You either grow Mm -hmm. together or like, if you're staying friends with the same people forever, you're either not growing at all, or you're lucky enough to be growing together. Mm -hmm. Right. Allie, were you going to say something? Um, I was just thinking while Cindy was talking, and this is something I know we've spent a lot of time talking about on the podcast as well for people um, in relation to like, we're not always meant to be with the same people throughout our lives, so on and so forth. But also thinking about um, in terms of like, we either grow together, we grow apart. I feel like we're taught from like such a young age, like don't rock the boat. 
kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like if somebody does something that bothers you, it's not that big of a deal. Let it roll off your back. If somebody's mean, you let it roll off your back. If somebody's inconsiderate, you let it roll off your like whatever that is. And I'm just wondering, like, is that a masculine thing or is that a feminine thing? That is a suppression thing. That mm-hmm. is patriarchy keeping women from having a voice. Yeah. Um, so there's a really good book by Majo Malfino called um, Breaking the Good Girl Myth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it walks through Love multiple that. types of good girls because there's people pleaser, which is kind of what you're talking mm-hmm. about here, Allie. But there's a lot of different ways that our good girl shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a, like exactly a resource for what you just brought up. It's great. Interesting. Yeah. I would also like to just add, because I've been doing a lot of like, uh, I guess just introspection on this myself, that the patriarchy also isn't really even serving men anymore. Oh no, not at all. Like there are so many guys that I know that are like gay, get, they're like work, 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 go, 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 do, do, do. And then all of a sudden they're in their mid the late thirties and like, wait, why am I the only, why am I single? Like, wait, I, I'm not happy. I want, I want a partner now. And then they're like searching and looking for these things too. And wondering like, what did they do wrong? It's not anything wrong, but you know, and then same thing with women. They're like, well, I have this great guy, but he says he can't commit because he's too busy worrying about like making all the money and getting you a certain dollar amount and all this other stuff. And it's like, wait, we're not, it's not helping them anymore either. Like, I just feel like there's also an awakening for the masculine too right now. 100%. And so, um, a couple of points to that, the men typically, this is again, another general statement. They don't often get the physical sickness that women do because they have a different physiology than we do. And that's okay. Right. Um, but the emotional burnout, the mental strain, 100%, right. 100%. And some men do get sick too, like from pushing too hard. Um, but we've, we've danced around this a little bit, but it might good to be good to define this. So in both masculine and feminine, there is image, the energy can show, show up as immature, mature, or toxic. Okay. So immature is just unconscious. Some of this unconscious stuff we've been talking about, like, oh, I wasn't even aware of that. Right. Mature is conscious. And the way that we've been talking about consciously making these choices, intentionally choosing the life, designing your life mm-hmm. that you want. Toxic on the other hand is conscious, but conscious manipulation or conscious Mm -hmm. in a bad way. So what you're talking about, like the men, they know this isn't good for them. They're aware of it, but they're still doing it anyway. That would be in their toxic masculine or this, this, um, repression that we've been talking about. That would be toxic masculine Mm because it's, they're conscious of it and they're manipulating. Right. But the feminine has this too. Right. So two examples where you could see this in the feminine is like, um, using sex to get what you want. Right. Mm -hmm. That's toxic feminine. Oh, I'll just be a little sexy and I'll, he'll buy me the car, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but also, (laughs) right. So that's, that's one example of toxic. I'm trying to get a guy to buy me a drink. Yeah. (laughs) Let's start there before we go to the car. And so that's a good example. Like that can absolutely be mature feminine. You can go out and you can be radiant and you can be like, my intention is to get a drink. And that still is conscious because you're leading. It's consciously mature because you're leading with your heart. You're not there to take advantage of the dude. You're there Mm -hmm. to hopefully make a genuine connection. Right. So that would be mature. Toxic would be like, 
I'm going to go out to this place. I'm going to wear, you know, my slinkiest dress or whatever. And I'm going to try and get 15 drinks and I'm going to get, you know, <laughs> like that would be more on like the toxic side of things. Right. But it doesn't only have to be sex. Like your maiden, um, which is one of the archetypes that we work with in rooted your maiden can come out. Like, let's say you just had a fight with your partner. And instead of just going up and saying like, Hey, you know what? That was shitty. I don't like that. We had this argument. Da, 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 da. You bring like the jar of spaghetti sauce and you're like, I can't open this. Can you open it for me? And that's your way of trying to like bridge the fight. It's you're conscious of what you're doing, but you're manipulating. You're not just being mature and, and working <laughs> on the argument. Right. So that's toxic feminine as well. Um, so I think that that's a good point to bring up here mm-hmm. when we're talking about how these like masculine and feminine energies play out is mm. our, our goal of course would be always to be in our mature feminine, but it's not going to be that way all the time. And then just having that awareness, like catching it, like, Oh, that was kind of not the best. Or like that would maybe be on the toxic side or, Oh, I didn't even realize that was happening. That would be on the immature side. Interesting. Yeah. So then there's two more steps. And step six is, um, reflection, right? We're never going to grow. We're never going to evolve, especially in a spiritual way. If we're not reflecting, like what's working, what's not, is this serving me? Is it not? And then again, on the feminine path, is this serving my community or is this serving the world? Because when we're in, in the feminine side of things, it's always, it's still me first, but me first so that I can make anything else better. And, and for the listeners that might be your family, right? It doesn't have to be the, not everyone wants to change the world, right? But it could be your family. It could be your community. It could be on a bigger scale. Like you want to make a big impact, right? Um, but that's part of the feminine is that the feminine energy makes change, right? So reflection, we have to know if it's working for us, if it's working for others, if we want to continue doing something, if we want to um, not continue doing something and all of that, which easily leads to step seven, which is repeat <laughs> because we know everything is unfeminine. That's feminine is a cycle. So nothing's going to be linear. These steps actually cycle. So when you're doing this reflection, you might say, yeah, I'm glad I rewilded my diet, but now I want to rewild my birth control. Like I did or whatever, or I'm glad that we moved out of town and moved, um, to more land or something like that. So we rewilded our, our housing situation. Now I think I want to rewild the school system, or now I think I want to rewild my job because I'm driving from out of town into the city or whatever, and that's not serving me anymore. So how can I rewild the way I make my money? Right. So it always is a cycle and you, you just always repeat the whole process. That makes sense. Yeah. And I was gonna say, it's, I like it because we're always evolving and mm-hmm. shifting and this one gives you permission to do that, but then two provides, like, as you said, a container for also doing that, which is mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And so I think wow. that that kind of brings like up the goal is when I, when I said earlier, it's not about being 100% in one energy or the other. It's really about that in the spiritual space. You might hear this called the sacred union 
right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's used to talk about like sex, like masculine and feminine sacred union, but within ourselves, with our own energy, we can have a sacred union happen where we know when we're in our masculine and how it serves us and doesn't. And we know when we're in our feminine and how it serves us and doesn't. And we're Mm -hmm. really able to kind of operate from this third space with, which is the consciousness that we've been talking about those intentional choices, right? I, I have a little tiny um, mini course about a morning routine. So mm-hmm. like consciously talk, like getting up in the morning and, and we do some feminine stuff first. And then at the end, the last couple minutes of your morning routine, you bring on your masculine and say, okay, now what do I have to actually do today? And so many of mm-hmm. us start the opposite. We are like, what has to be done today? And then if we have any time, then we like scooch in our, a feminine or we scooch in a practice or something like that. Um, so the feminine morning routine is the opposite. Like let's start in our feminine and then bring our masculine and on at the end. So it's really about having that almost third space where you're, you're able to consciously make the decision of how you want to be that day, that week, that month, that year, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about the morning routine. I know we probably don't have time to get too much into it, but can you give us a few like examples of what's in the course on like maybe bucket list items people can take and like implicate now and then maybe take the course and do the full routine overhaul? For sure. It's just like an hour training. Um, and I talk about like the difference between, for instance, like masculine meditation and feminine meditation, which is what we mm. talked a little bit about earlier, where it's like masculine meditation, sit down, close your eyes, clear your mind, right? And just try and be this like blank slate. Feminine meditation is very different. It's focused in the body. So we're not even caring what's going on in the mind. Like who cares what thoughts come in? It's about um, feminine meditation has breath, touch, sound, movement, You'll often see dance or like swaying or stuff when people are in their feminine like meditation. It's almost kind of like trance-like is what you're really going for in a feminine meditation versus really stoic and like, you know, this like rock solid Buddha statue if you're in your like masculine meditation. Um, So we talk about kind of the differences of those. And then I give examples of if you have 10 minutes in the morning, do this. If you have 30 minutes in the morning, do this. If you have an hour in the morning, do this. And so, cause like you brought up Ali, some people have days where they have more time or less time or some days where they're just not into it. So they just want to knock something out in five minutes or whatever. Yeah, it definitely depends day to day, but that makes sense. And I would have never thought about it in that way. Like, balancing the masculine and feminine in the morning but it's obviously probably the best way to start your day mm-hmm. literally off on the right foot yeah. um jumping back to the seven steps yeah. um of awakening your divine feminine energy cindy before i move on to some other questions do you have any questions or points that you wanted to make on the seven steps no i like i said earlier i think it's great that it um, gives you permission to like, keep going that we're always evolving. And I feel like this answers the earlier question was like, well, how do we use this? Like, what are we using this for? And this kind of answered it. It's like, well, if you're wanting to feel better in your body by shifting your food, these steps can lead you to this. If you're wanting to feel better in your home or your space or figure out like where you're supposed to live in the world, I feel like you could go through these seven steps to help you on that path again, by embracing Mm -hmm. more your feminine, but like this gives you a container for doing it. So yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's really cool. 
It's amazing. So not to jump around too much, but I'm also curious. So for listeners, Marissa and I have been emailing a little bit about all different topics that we could cover today. And honestly, every single one that we talked about sounded A plus, like you would enjoy it. So we're going to have to torture her and bring her back again many times over um, for different subject matter expertise. But I wanted to also touch. Hi guys. Thanks so much for listening to Slightly Spiritual this week with Marissa Lawton. You can find Marissa at rootedfeminine.com. Stay tuned next week because we will be back with part two of this episode titled The Difference Between Grounding and Rooting on Your Spiritual Path. And trust me, Cindy and I learned so much you will not want to miss this. As always, I have to ask you if you enjoyed Slightly Spiritual today, please head over to iTunes and drop us a quick and dirty review because that's how we'll grow to reach more Slightly Spiritual community members. So have a great week. We will see you next time. Bye guys.